We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello! Welcome to episode number 25 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at pixelkin.org and the mom of a three-year-old. I'm joined by fellow mom Linda Brenneman, who is publisher of pixelkin.org. Hello. And her daughter today, Lisa Jake. Hello. And um, recently birthday girl, <laughs> Simone Me. de Rochefort. Yay. Yay. Happy birthday. I yeah. am 25 whole years old. Wow. A quarter century. Getting My life there. is over. <laughs> wow. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, kind of is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so today is International Podcasting Day. Yay. Yay. It probably won't be when you listen to this, but it is today. I hope it won't be since when we're recording. Be. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be published today. So <laughs> if you're listening to this today, something is seriously wrong, unless you're Daniel. <laughs> Daniel is our wonderful sound guy, and we love him. Um, so yeah, so let's get started with some news. There was a new Disney Affinity playset released mm-hmm. very recently. Star Wars, cool Star Wars. Star right? Wars Rise Against the Am- Yeah, okay, you would call it cool Star Wars. Others call <laughs> it old Star Wars. Uh, it's the Rise Against the Empire playset. So this is the one. It has a story mode for the original trilogy of films, and the figures it comes with are Luke and Leia. Of course. And then there are, of course, the other figures sold separately for $13.99. They've got Darth Vader. They've got Yoda. You know, I actually don't know if it's young Yoda or old Yoda. So, you know, don't quote me on that. There is a Yoda. I don't know if it's the Yoda from those films. Yoda looks kind of similar in all the Star Wars stuff. He's always old. He just has more wrinkles in the (laughs) the later ones. He's he's much funnier in the original trilogy. Like yeah. there's a part in Empire Strikes Back that I just love. Like when he's pretending that he's not Yoda and he's like beating R2 D2 and he like oh. tries to take Yeah, it's just, I, I love remember it. that. I love it. I love those. That films. was awesome. So I I haven't played this playset yet. I have this playset because it comes in the uh, Star Wars Saga bundle that uh, is exclusive to PlayStation 3 and 4. So I have it, but I only got to play like a preview of it because I haven't gotten to it yet where it's part the part where you're uh, flying the X-Wing. Nice. And wow. it is so fun. <laughs> I loved it. You're, you're flying and you're shooting stuff and people are chasing you and it is a delight to dodge an asteroids. Uh, so yeah. this is great. Um, it costs thirty four ninety nine, I believe, um, like the rest Did of the Did you just say PlayStation sets. exclusive? Yes. For, oh. Or the, the Star Wars Saga bundle is. That's the one that has the starter pack plus this playset plus the Boba Fett figure. Mm. For now, it is exclusive to PlayStation. Disney. It might Disney, later. you are almost going <laughs> to. They're betraying the you. Point, like, but you know, no. No they gave you Fantasia for the Xbox, but no, they won't give you the Disney Infinity Boba Fett figure. Yeah, I'll take Fantasia over that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this playset that we're talking about sold separately from the bundle isn't exclusive to any particular console. So if you want it, it's out there. This game really tempts me because mm-hmm. that original oh. Star Wars, yes. yeah. that, that was my era, you know. I stood in line at midnight to see the first Star Wars. Oh my gosh! Film. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That is so cool. And I was even younger than you are now. Well, yeah. I'm still um, a baby. The yeah. very first Star Wars was actually my first movie. 
Oh, my God. Because wow. it came out the same year that I was born, and I went as an <laughs> infant to the movie. Obviously, I didn't watch it, but yes. It changed your life it in did. ways that you'll never know. And then I was like five when Return of the Jedi came out. So I love the Ewoks. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Me too. Sure. Yeah, I was I was also at an age when I was like, Ewoks are the best. Yes. I never understood the, the backlash. The hate. To the, yeah. the hate. The Ewok hate. Yeah, I don't get it either. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Whatever. Well, this game also has those motorcycles that fly through the air through the forest yeah. and that, what are those called uh, I, uh, I don't remember either. <laughs> I have no idea but, the um, ones that you ride on Endor is yeah, that what you're talking yeah, about yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it has um, all the original settings yeah yeah they've got the Tatooine Star, they've got Tatooine. Endor yeah. um I yeah I'm, I'm excited to get to this part of the playset right now I'm playing through the the prequels in Disney Infinity so I'm sorry <laughs> it's fine. I think they probably it makes a better game than it does movie. So yeah, you know, there you I go. stood in line at midnight to see the third prequel. My apologies to because, you. <laughs> uh, it was during E3, and we had some friends with us. And we're like, oh, we're gonna go, you know, stand in line for the movie. And it was after my company's party. So I had had a little bit to drink. And so I fell asleep. I literally fell asleep during the movie. Oh, my gosh. And, like, I woke up and I'm like, they were on, like, the Wookiee plan. I'm like, where did all these Wookiees come from? (laughs) Like, seriously, like, nothing was going on with Wookiees at one minute. And then the next minute they were everywhere. So You thought you'd have way too much to drink. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I still haven't seen that movie. So And at this rate, I probably never will. That one, it was okay until the very end. Yeah. It was okay. Well, honestly, I, I don't know how much of it I <laughs> You don't know anything. I don't know how much of it I missed. Um, and I haven't watched it since. But the end was terrible. The end was absolutely terrible. And All right. Sorry. Anybody who loves that movie, I'm sorry. The I, I don't think that person exists. But <laughs> <laughs> Actually, kids. Like, kids oh, yeah. that have actually grown up with the prequels as kind of their Star yeah, Wars. They, do. Uh, they, do. they love them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, I was like a kid when those came out, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing them, but not really caring about yeah. them. Mm. But yeah. maybe I that's think, just me. <laughs> it there is something I think that's really magical about the Star Wars universe and the way that it can capture you if it gets you at the right time in the right place. Uh, there's just so much to explore there, and I, that's one of the things I I love about it. So, yeah, I used to play a some of the very old Star Wars games. And I was too young to actually play through the single-player campaign, so I would just, like, make matches and multiplayer and do my own thing. I think we talked about this last time we were on the (laughs) podcast together. But, yeah, that kind of exploration, they really, I think, inspire that in people. But were you riding a horse? Because I think that's what we talked about. (laughs) The real estate agent on a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Um... So GameStop, GameStop CEO did an interview with Fortune magazine in which he said that uh, games on discs aren't ever going to go away. Ever. Ah. Ever. 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 And he said that games are not going to repeat the downfall of movies and music because really you don't buy physical copies of those things anymore. Um, and uh, But there's some interesting things going on about how GameStop is kind of manipulating <laughs> this market. So there was an Xbox One Madden bundle um, that was supposed to come with a, a code, a download code, and GameStop refused to, to uh, carry it. And they kind of made, made Microsoft do a new bundle with the disc in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
So they clearly oh. still have some. They have influence, some power. Yeah. They do, but yes. they really are hanging on. I mean, and they bought Think Geek last year. Yes, which obviously, <laughs> I think we've got a long time to go until we're wearing digital shirts. I think. Yes. <laughs> so um, that keeps them in the in the physical market. But really, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think discs are hanging around. It might take longer for video game discs to be extinct, but eventually, yes, they're yeah. gonna be gone. Yep. Yeah, eventually. And, and the thing is, like, I, I have Skylanders and Disney Infinity on disc, but I still needed to take up space on my PlayStation to install them. Yes. And I had to delete a bunch of stuff. Yes. So you're taking up space <laughs> yeah. on your console and in your home. Yeah, so it's a double whammy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I love discs. I love collectibles, yeah. I should say. I don't love physical discs. I like having something to look at and hold and display, but you don't want that for everything. Yeah. Like, eh. Yeah. The majority of things are not worth being put on a disc. Yes. It's and there's a lot of wasted, you know, yeah. what are energy they even made of? materials. And, and materials tears? and manufacturing Resources. that could be used <laughs> for something else. So, yeah, anyhow, and, so there's yeah. that. It's rough. You look like you're about to say something. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking about um, if we should explain GameStop's business model to people who are listening. Who knows what GameStop's business model is <laughs> well, anymore? Well, just the, the buying used games and yes, the reselling them. Yes, they're very, them. very, very good on the used games. It yeah. makes up like 80% yeah. of their profits is on used games. And one of the things that he was the the guy was saying was that once people start switching over to current gen consoles, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, they'll be reselling some of their old games for 360 or PlayStation 3, but that's still like, you know, that requires that somebody still has a PlayStation 3 and still wants still those games, wants which is not games. going to be yeah. true forever. Yes. Which so it, it just seems very very tenuous to yes. me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think they think that the used game market is what's going to keep carrying them. Yeah. Um, and the used game market is huge. But honestly, game publishers and developers aren't crazy about the whole used game yeah. thing. Right. So. Yeah. So that's not it, That's not what's giving them the clout, Yeah. I guess. But Although, you know, if we think about it, so I – a lot of like smaller games, indie games, et cetera, et cetera, that don't cost you know sixty dollars. People are probably buying those digitally. They they're pretty small in file size. They take up less space. If you're buying a physical game, it's probably one of the bigger ones, like your Call of Duty, your Disney Infinity. Those I think would I think there is still resale value for large games like that. Like mm -hmm. you might go looking for a physical copy of one of those games. And then everyone is – so the indie games, the smaller games won't really affect the status of that market at all yeah. because nobody – it will be buying them physically in the first place. Yeah. Because they just don't – they don't sell that way. So I don't know. Yeah, but the thing is, is like this has already happened with PC games. Like yeah. how can you say mm -hmm. it's not going to happen with consoles? Yeah. No one buys a physical copy of a PC game anymore. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless there's like some kind of deluxe something that goes with it. Yeah. But like you don't even see PC games in GameStop anymore. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. This guy is whatever. <laughs> Whistling Wacky. in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so this is a cool thing. So there's going to be a Mass Effect 4D experience yeah. in the Great ah. America theme park. In California. And we're all going to go stay at Courtney's parents' house. Exactly. And then go to the theme park. Yes. For um, science and yeah, for work. Yeah, so right now, um, I think most people, if you've been to a theme park, you've been on one of these things. You get on like this big square thing and it's, uh, you have 3D glasses and then the thing kind of tips and moves and you're watching <laughs> something going on. And the 4D part could be, 
I don't know, you get water thrown <laughs> over, you know, the, you know, little things like that. So, um, so yeah, it'll be, I wonder what they're going to do with Mass Effect for the 4D part. Uh, it said that they were, there was going to be like an enemy to fight and stuff. Ooh. So I, I know, I think I've been on 4D experiences. So you're going to get hit with a sword. <laughs> Massive. You're going to be hit with, like, a laser beam from yeah. a Reaper. Um, I, ha- I think I have been on 4D experiences where you have, like, a little plastic weapon and you shoot it at the oh, screen. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I, it might be something like that where you have to fight Reapers. And that, that's what I, I would have. Assume. I have some input into this. Yeah. I went on the um, 4D Star Trek. Oh, yeah. The Borg ride in Las Vegas. Mm. And the 4D part <laughs> was that they have live actors participating. <gasps> oh, yeah. They so, said that they were going to have right. somebody. Yeah. yeah. Which really makes it cool because you feel like you're in a kind of in a play or in a mm-hmm. – I mean, there's real people you're interacting with plus the holographic yeah. content. That would That's, be Awesome. It was pretty yeah. fun, and I was really scared of that Borg Queen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember nice. the Star Wars one at Disneyland. Yeah, I remember yeah. loving that. Yeah, it was so fun, and I didn't even care about Star Wars. What did they do? <laughs> like, did they? It was an Endor. I think it was on Endor, wasn't it? I have I no remember. idea. I just remember like getting in this big box, and like you're in the spaceship, and it would move around and. Yeah. Fly I around in that. space. I think it was on Endor, and it was like you were on one of the the bikes that we can't remember the name of. Because <laughs> you're like zooming through the trees, so you're like tilting uh, back and forth. Ask oh, wow. 14-year-old Simone. Um, she knows what they're called. She knows what they're all called. <laughs> yeah. So that is cool. And it's actually going to be happening fairly soon, yeah. like in two years. Yeah. So When Mass Effect Andromeda comes out. Oh, so. yeah. I wonder if EA timed that. Uh, but e- there's like a press release where EA is like, oh, we're so excited to partner with Great America to bring our great franchises to theme parks. So uh, who knows what else is coming down the pipe. Kind of a hint. Yes. Everyone's jumping on that bandwagon now. We've got Ubisoft. We've got Nintendo. I, I think I'm most excited for Nintendo's, honestly, just because I feel like cohesively as a park, Nintendo has the best shot at, you know, making it. A really cool experience. Um, but you know what? I love Mass Effect, so I'm pretty excited. I would love to do something with Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, yeah. I think that would be fun. Almost like a laser tag type thing. <gasps> that would be so cool. You're shooting the zombies. And you have to, like, run around and pick up, like, the sun. And Oh, my gosh. I think that would be awesome. But I'd be into that. Get EA on yeah. the phone. Yeah, yeah. EA. EA. Yeah. That's hard to say fast. <laughs> I think that's kind of, like, the best you know, um, property that they have to go with. Yeah. I mean, they've got a ton of properties. I'm it's probably forgetting something. And, like, yeah. across ages, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which Mass so that would be cool. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that makes me wonder how kind of M-rated that yeah. ride is going to be, if it's supposed to be for families. So we'll <laughs> see how that turns out. Anyhow. Um, so we're back to the beginning, end of September, beginning of October, which means free games. Woo. Woo. If you're a member of PlayStation Plus or an Xbox Live Gold member. <laughs> and if you have any room left on your console. Which I don't. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I'm serious. You just got to delete some of those Dragon I Age can't. things. I can't. We, we've done it. I think it's the Destiny now. We have to go through the Destiny <laughs> capture <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, wow, life is hard. Just get get another hard drive. 
That I think that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna yeah. uh, try to upgrade it to a terabyte. Although, see, I'm afraid because I know if we have a terabyte, it's gonna be the fir- the same thing all over again. Where it's like, oh well, we have room now, so we don't need to delete anything. Off. No, delete everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put it on a computer. Start fresh. Anyway, yes. Go on. Tell We've us about the games. We've got some good ones this month. I am super impressed. So for PlayStation Plus members, you're gonna get Broken Age on PlayStation Four and Vita. There's a reason to use a Vita. Broken Age is an awesome uh, point-and-click adventure from Double Fine, and Courtney absolutely loves it. I loved it, too. It's a great game, so that is super cool. You're also going to get Super Meat Boy for PlayStation 4 and Vita, and I haven't played that game. From what I hear, it is an extremely difficult game (laughs) for very hardcore gamers. And then Unmechanical Extended, of which I know nothing about for PS4 and PS3, Kung Fu Rabbit, For Vita and PS3. I've never played that either, but it sounds fun. Uh, Chariot for PS3 and then Kickbeat for PS3 and Vita. So Chariot's a good one, too. Um, I wonder why it's just PS3 and not PS4. Anyhow, got PS3, get Chariot. It's an awesome one. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're on Xbox Live Gold, for Xbox One, you're getting Valiant Hearts and The Walking Dead, the complete first season. I am excited about that. I'm jealous about that. I never watched The Walking Dead. I not interested in it really but it's a telltale game and they're awesome and i loved their wolf among us so i'm super excited about that one and then for 360 you're getting metal gear solid 5 ground zeros which i'm not a metal gear expert but i think (laughs) that we determined that that is a prequel preview type thing for metal gear solid 5 you know you're not getting metal gear solid (laughs) 5 that's just want to be clear about that and then um also for 360 walking dead complete first season so that's pretty cool well i'm looking forward to valiant hearts yeah kizzy really likes that game that's the one that's set in world war ii world war 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 one okay which i really i actually uh the first time i went to e3 i did an interview with the creative director for that game Uh, i think it's on the site now it's it looks really cool or i i played part of it there and i really really liked it and then she got to review it so i'm super jealous but yeah yeah, the trailer made me cry yeah i think it's supposed to have a really really Mm -hmm. strong emotional element to it so that's cool and they worked with a historical society so as you're going through the game there are little artifacts and you can read about how those things were used in world war one which in my opinion is the most not underrated war is the wrong way to phrase that but like everyone thinks that it's boring and irrelevant but it is the reason that the entire 20th century and 21st century turned out the way that it did so i think it's really worth learning more about and by playing a really cool game i i think that's a that's a great way to do that right yes yeah absolutely so the other thing that's coming up now that we're moving into october is we've got Big holiday release season. And all the Toys of Life people have jumped the gun on that. Oh, like, yeah. They're ready. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, I mean. They're out. <laughs> they're very purposeful about that, too, because I think, Linda, you brought up before. It's like, oh, we can tell the grandparents and the aunts and the yeah. uncles, like, mm-hmm. buy me more figures kind of thing. So I think that that was very strategic of them. But there are lots of other big releases, and I'm going to read off some, and we can talk about which ones we're looking <laughs> forward to. Rise of the Tomb Raider, Halo 5, Gears of War, Fable Legends, Rock Band 4, Guitar Hero Live, Yoshi's Woolly World, 
I pronounced that correctly, which I couldn't do in the <laughs> office earlier. Uh, Just Dance, Triforce Heroes, Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Star Wars, Battlefront, Mario Tennis, The Nathan Drake Collection, and Roller Coaster Tycoon World. Oh, my wow. God. That's a lot. My ears are ringing. I know. <laughs> well, Rise of the Tomb Raider is one I'm most looking forward to. Me Absolutely. too. I love that. I love yes. that series. Um, I can't wait to see what the whole thing is going to be like. That demo at at um, PAX was amazing. It yeah. was great. Um, What's Yoshi's Woolly World? It is adorable. Yeah, it's basically it's adorable. Um, it's sort of like a platformer ish mm-hmm. thing where you like using like yarn and things to move. Is from it place anything to place. like uh, Yoshi's Story? It sounds like it might be. I used be. to love that game. I did, too. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's so cute. It was. That game was so short, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was like you could beat it in, like, half an hour. Like, seriously. But nice. it did sort of the, like the cloth and yeah. yarn type, you know, aesthetic, too. So, yeah. um, picture a Yoshi game, then picture everything made out of yarn, and that will be Yoshi's Bully World. That sounds yes. great. Yeah. yeah. It is so I love Yoshi. And obviously, that's where the Yarn Yoshi Amiibo come of into course. play. Yeah. So. And you have one. I have one, yes. It all makes sense now. From Japan, which, you know, probably you wouldn't work, but I don't have a Wii U, so who cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just wanted a Yarn Yoshi, so... Yeah. Another one of those games that's going to make me it's look out for funny, a Wii U though, on funny, though, because I, d- I didn't realize... You know, I didn't really. I'm like waiting for them to come out. And, yeah. And over here, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to like get on Amazon like right away because they're gonna sell out and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, wait a second, I don't have a Wii U. Why do I have to wait? Why don't I get a <laughs> Japanese import. So that's I what I did. Yoshi's Rolly World is also already out in Europe. It is. So yes, <laughs> you can import them from the anywhere, UK. anywhere <laughs> yes. but here. Yes. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that would still tip the scales for me on a Wii U. I'm just we're not quite there yet. Um, so I'm also looking forward to Rock Band Four simply because it means that the hundreds of dollars that my husband and I spent on DLC for previous Rock Bands can be used again. I think you mean the hundreds of dollars you saved. <laughs> right now we saved hundreds of dollars. We got so much DLC for those games. I'm just so happy that it's backwards compatible. We also have like three guitars oh and a drum set and like. Can I buy one from you? <laughs> I see. I've no. never had a rock band game, and then they're like, "Oh, so we're going to have all of your favorite bands in this one." And I'm like, "Wait, oh, you, you mean can't by do that favorite to me. bands? I mean, you, you too, you too, and Fallout Boy and the Proto Men. Fallout <laughs> Boy has been in previous ones. I'm pretty sure." Well, I didn't have as much financial capital as I have now (laughs) (laughs) to spend frivolously on music games. Yeah, Yeah, this is the first time that U2 is in a music game. And what are they doing? I Will Follow and Cedarwood Road, plus more to come in DLC, which is exciting to me. Yes. Who is a fan? And then once they get get you in the DLC store, it's it's like game over. You're like, oh my God, (laughs) I want that song too. So, yeah, that's what happened to me and my husband, unfortunately. Hmm. And the rest of these, I'm sort of looking forward to Roller Coaster Tycoon World. It looks cool, um, what I've seen of it. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I'm always yeah. kind of skeptical of those types of games until they actually come out. And this one's coming out in December. What I saw at PAX looked good, mm-hmm. but it was definitely not 
finished, um, which is okay. Yeah, I have time. But, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of time. Yeah. And I love it's Roller fine. Coaster Tycoon, so I think I have high standards. You know what yeah. I'm excited for. Oh, of course. Duh. Duh. Come on, Nicole. So it's tell Assassin's us about Creed. Assassin's Creed. What is this one going to be like? Should I tell you how I broke it at PAX? Yeah. <laughs> but it was totally my fault. And anyway, it was like a beta version anyway. So I do not <laughs> do not blame the game. It's so uh, funny. The person who had no glitches in Unity was able to break <laughs> the next one at PAX. I phased through a wall. I was attacking a guy and I phased through a wall and I ended up inside a cannon. And they were like, we've never nice. seen this before. <laughs> nice. Did you get to shoot out of the cannon? Uh, I wish I had. That would have made the entire thing much cooler. <laughs> that would have been cooler. so cool. <laughs> oh, my God. If that was like an Easter egg. Oh, yeah. That you I want shoot that yourself in out the final the version. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh. So this one takes place in Victorian London. And uh, you'll there are two main characters. They're twins. It's Jacob Fry and Evie Fry. She's the first female main character in a main series Assassin's Creed game. I love Aveline de Gompre from uh, Assassin's Creed Liberation, but it is it started out as a Vita game, so I it and it's not really a main series game. So uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I'm kind of sad that they're leaving Paris behind and that whole plot. It feels kind of like Unity is getting swept under the rug, and we're gonna pretend it never happened, which makes me sad as a person who loves that game. But, and who also is French. And who also is French. Yeah. They made it specifically for me. And now they're like, Simone, you had your cake. <laughs> Let her eat cake. Yes, exactly. <laughs> then take her to London, the home of her enemies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know nothing about the the overall plot except that um, they, Jacob and Evie kind of are on the side of the, the street gangs of London. So I think there's going to be some class warfare going on there. It should be interesting. I should. I, I predict that I will love it and hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Uh, Linda, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, definitely Rise of the Tomb Raider 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Rock Band games. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to probably have to go out and buy all those instruments. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, you don't have those, right? I don't have any of those. Yeah. Have you played a Rock Band game? or? A- yeah, we yeah. did. I remember playing it yeah. a long time ago. But I think it'd be yeah. fun to play in a group, don't you? Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah, a fun it party thing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's or just totally family awesome. thing. You and me, Lisa, and all your friends. That's yeah, what we'll do. Oh, it sounds yeah. so great. <laughs> oh my gosh, we got Isaac's mom to sing, <gasps> and there are videos on YouTube of this, which is freaking hilarious. But she doesn't know like any of these songs, and she has this kind of like choir girl type voice and we had her singing Metallica and all kinds of crazy stuff and it's hilarious. That's the best thing I've ever heard. I know. It's so great. I'm going to have to send you guys (laughs) YouTube links for that because it's so funny. Um, Can we put it in the show notes? You can. Maybe. You can record what you did, right? And then... Yeah, no, we stood there with a camera or phone. Oh, okay. (laughs) Recorded her singing that way. Well, I wonder Uh, in in the new version of the game if you can record it and save it. You probably can, right? I imagine. I don't know. Well, you know, music games are kind of weird because I was trying to record things I was doing in Dance Central Spotlight and I wasn't able to and that's because of the music licensing type stuff. So uh, music licensing is a twisted weirdness of... Oh, god-awful crap. <laughs> it is. Like, my husband um, worked on Rock Band Unplugged, which was a version of the game for the PSP in, like, 
they thought they were going to have one song, you know, and they worked on it. And it's like, no, we didn't get the license for that. Ugh. You know, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. The music industry is really trying to, like, they see games as, like, the next way to, like, really kind of gouge consumers <laughs> and make a lot of money since they don't sell physical CDs anymore and songs <laughs> on iTunes are a buck ninety nine. Yeah, they're kind of desperate. Yeah. 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 So anything else, Linda? Um, well, I'm going to try to play Assassin's Creed Syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy <see>. sigh. <laughs> yeah. 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 How about you, Lisa? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of, well, I'm interested in Yoshi's Woolly World now. Yeah. But um, I'm kind of interested in Triforce Heroes, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Courtney says it is wonderful. I haven't actually played a Zelda game since Ocarina of Time, so that'll oh be gosh. interesting. But yeah. it's different, right? Because isn't it like multiplayer or it's something? It's like cooperative multiplayer, and I'm sorry we don't have Courtney here. Yeah. And I also <laughs> almost left it off my list of big holiday releases, and she's like, Triforce Heroes! <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, of course. I love Sorry. your Courtney impression. <laughs> I'm sure Courtney would love it too. Yes. No, that's not what she said. Um, um, but I know it is. You can do cooperative multiplayer. Um, and if you aren't playing multiplayer, there will be like little totems in place of the other characters. Mm. So you can move them each around and do the puzzles um, just by yourself. Nice. But it's on the <laughs> So it's, it's on not the Nintendo 3DS. 3DS. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's not on the console. Yes. We still have to wait for that. They're yes, not announcing do. the new Zelda game. I don't yeah. have a 3DS, I don't think, because I avoided oh. getting one because I really wanted Animal Crossing, uh, New Leaf. That was on 3DS, right? Yep. And then um, I knew that I shouldn't buy it because it would take up all of my time you know, <laughs> forever. So wasn't New Leaf like that's why I didn't something get the like 3DS. not super special about it? I don't remember. Everyone loves New Leaf. I don't know. <laughs> I that, don't know that's all I as long as it's Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm what kind of the same need? thing too. But like, I kind of got. I played. Um, God, what was it called? The regular DS version, like Wild World. I'm sure I'm getting that wrong. But, like, I love that one. Uh, I literally played it for a year so I could get all the fish and all the bugs oh, yeah. without cheating the clock. Um, wow. But I heard, I don't know, I heard, like, New Leaf was, like, basically the same thing. I'm kind of getting burned out a little bit on that type of gameplay because I mm. played the GameCube one as well. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about more what I've been playing a little later, um, which is something I'm going to mm-hmm. be reviewing for Pixelkin Animal Crossing related. Um, so, yeah. So that's about it then for yeah. you, Lisa. That's about it. All right. So we're going to move into our main topic. So uh, there's an article on Gama Sutra that I found really, really interesting. Gama Sutra is a site that basically caters to developers and a lot of developers get on there and and write blogs and then sometimes they pick some of the blogs and make them featured articles. So this one was written by Laura Lynn McWilliams um, and it's called Games as a Two-Way Conversation. And so basically what she's saying is most games now, even though they evoke a lot of emotion and expression, They don't do anything with that. Like the example that she gave I thought was a really great one where you're – the first time you come out of the vault in Fallout 3 and you see everything that's kind of like decrepit and you can see the Washington, D.C. monuments in the back and it's like, wow, like this great thing. And you stand there for a couple seconds and then you go on. Like the game (laughs) doesn't recognize um, your emotions. And so um, she suggested that – 
that games should maybe start to do that a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got your Mass Effects and your Dragon Ages and stuff that will let you pick uh, dialogue choices, but at the same time, they're not really paying attention to what you're saying. Like, I loved Dragon Age Origins because it didn't have the little wheel that said, this is the friendly way. This is the mean <laughs> way. Um, it didn't have any of that. It just had a list of things that you could say. And I mm-hmm. loved that because I thought Fallout, that was part of the game, was choosing the right thing to say to the right people. And Fallout has that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually didn't like that when they changed that about Mass Effect. Um, but uh, Laura Lynn is kind of uh, talking about how games could Pay attention to just how you're playing. And she gives another Fallout example of how she would snipe every enemy except for the rad scorpions, (laughs) in which case she would scramble madly (laughs) up the hill and just die mostly. So she suggested that the game could recognize that she responds differently to that enemy and then adjust the gameplay Mm -hmm. based on that, which I think is a really cool idea. And yeah. something that I think game developers are kind of stuck in sort of the movie, the movie model. Mm-hmm. Like, we've, like we've got Bioware that's pretty good about making choices and multiple endings. But still at the same, you're, um, you're just getting an ending that yeah. just, yeah. It does, it's not perfectly engineered to respond yeah. to what you're doing. And and that that is a really complex process. And I think yeah. Bioware probably does it better than anyone Uh there's a new game out called Until Dawn, which is a horror game, which I believe does um, ask you questions about things that you're scared about and then adjust gameplay based on that. Mm-hmm. And basically you're trying to keep this group of teenagers alive or keep them not alive <laughs> over the course of a night in this mountain cabin. And it's to- it's not a procedurally generated game, but so many different things can happen. So it, it does do that. And I think that that's really cool. And I would love to see more things like that. And um, Laura Lynn mentions in her article that that is the perfect way for a horror game to be, is responsive to what scares you personally. And if you do have the technological capabilities to make it that responsive, heck yeah, that's a way to like really get at people. You mean to tell me they make it scarier? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Depending on what you're scared of. That's why you play the game, to be scared. That's why I don't even watch horror movies, because (laughs) I get too scared. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah, But also, you know, Linda Hugh had a great example as we were coming down here. Yeah. um, I started to play Ori in the Blind Forest over the weekend, and it is so far beyond my platforming skills. It's not even funny. And I'm not going to be able to play this game because I'm never going to be that good of a platformer and so if it could figure out when I rage quit and then then when the next time I went back it could make the game easier Mm -hmm. just to the point where you know I could hopefully get through the game yeah I think that would be cool why not yeah there are some games that do that not very many though I think one of the Ratchet and Clank games did that Hmm. Because I seem to remember either I got better or the game got easier because I seem to remember <laughs> missing something, like getting killed like over and over and over again. And yeah. then suddenly, magically, I was able to get through it. So I don't I don't know for sure if that's what mm-hmm. they did, but it seemed like they did. And there are some games that do that. Um, and she mentions that that's just basically the tip of the iceberg is just being able to adjust yeah. the difficulty based on um, how you're playing. So – She says that it's not that hard if games have basically three things in place, and that is the ability to track the player's actions and interactions and look for patterns, uh, 
definitely. Oh God, I can't read this. I need my glasses. <laughs> I'm getting. Do you want to pass it to me? Yes. Yes, Simone, read the bottom three purple highlighted things. All right. Uh, the ability to track players' tell me actions I was and old, interactions. <laughs> well, I think it kind of goes without saying. <laughs> number two is uh, definitions that tie patterns to emotions and preferences. And number three, underlying systems to change gameplay based on that analysis. That yes. is a lot of words. It is. <laughs> it is. It's a great it's a great story and I really encourage you to to check it out on yeah. Kama Sutra. It just makes you think about games in a different kind of way. But it, you know, I think the the major point that she's making is like you know, something responding to your mm-hmm. your emotions as opposed yeah. to like just how you play the game. And for me, obviously I think VR mm. is the place mm-hmm. that's going to be able to do that because they'll be able to track your face and all that kind Just of stuff. Creepy, but yeah. cool at the same time. <laughs> and computers are, are good at gathering data like that and yeah. synthesizing it. So if there's a person telling the computer what to do with the data that it's gathered, I think it's definitely very, very possible. And especially with, like you were mentioning, really emotional games. There are so many times, you know, when there's a really emotional experience in a game. I think there are so many moments specifically in Bioshock where like you've just learned something really horrible or experienced something really horrible. And my experience was kind of (gasps) like, how was that? And you know what part I'm talking about. So I could, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, then like you as the player, like I'll, I'll be standing there and I'll take a moment because I'm like having a lot of feelings and I'm kind of processing that. But then when I come back to the game and start moving the character again, it just drops you right back in. So here's your next objective. You're going here. There's no acknowledgement that you have just been through this emotional, the emotional ringer. Yes. Um, and it, it it is a little immersion breaking, and it's yeah. interesting to me how much of that we tolerate with games. Mm-hmm. Like, just we we take it for granted that, like, yeah. after this horrible conversation, Shepard and Mass Effect is going to go on and say something like funny. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because yeah. it's a game. So yeah, th- this is a way that we could address some of those issues, I think, and make yeah. games a little more emotionally cohesive. Yes. Well, the author makes another point, too. She says maybe the popularity of Let's Plays Mm. is because Mm. you get to watch someone um, having that emotional experience in the game Mm -hmm. that you just had. So now you've got some way to interact with that emotion or process it again or something. That makes sense, too. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. That's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if I've told – I probably have told this story on this podcast. I've definitely told it on Girl Fight. But, like, my husband just, like, being in the same room with me when I was very frustrated at a part of Ocarina of Time. I mean, granted, he laughed at me. But at the same time, like, he could see what I was going through and had been through it himself and was sort of able to relate <laughs> even though he laughed at me. Um, but, yeah, I think it makes sense, you know, with Let's Plays. Rupees. You, Rupees, exactly. That's what it, <laughs> that is what it was. What uh, part was that? Sorry, uh, I was, I was, you know, fighting some boss. I don't remember which boss it was. And you know, you've got your little clay pots that you run around and you smash, and you get either rupees or like health, oh, like right. hearts. And um, I was down to like half a heart. You know, the game is beeping at me incessantly because. 
that game does that, which oh, is yeah. super annoying, <laughs> as if you're not, like, on edge enough because you're about to die. Um, and so I kept smashing pots, and, like, I'm down to half a health, and I was totally expecting a heart to come out, and a heart didn't come out. It was just rupees. rupees. And I just screamed at the top of my voice, like, <laughs> rupees. And my husband just lost it. He lost it. Yeah. He thought that was the funniest thing ever. But mm-hmm. It's interesting. Speaking of just ways that we try to emotionally interact with games and games don't respond, last night I played Skylanders for a really, really long time. And it was really late at night. I was playing with my roommate, Amanda, and um, we were we knew we didn't – we were too tired to do another full level. So we were just running around the, like, the hub, Skylands Academy – where you just hang out and just lighting everything on fire. (laughs) (laughs) She has like an octopus and so she's tentacle slapping everything. I'm (laughs) casting fire tornadoes on everything. We must have covered the entire grounds of the academy three or four times just like attacking everyone and lighting everything on fire. (laughs) Because <laughs> we were so tired and frustrated. And, you know, there's no there's no feedback from the game on that. It's just like the hero of Skylands is lighting fire to everything again. I guess that's fine. Yeah. It's normal. Yeah, another Nintendo <sighs> story I have is actually the original Animal Crossing. I've been trying yeah. to catch the bee for forever. Oh, my God, I could not <laughs> catch the bee. Because you shake the tree and it comes out and then you just have to hit it with the net at the exact <laughs> right moment. And then I finally did it. I finally did it and I was so happy. And then the power went out. <gasps> Uh, before I had a chance to save. And I was like, I cried. I literally (laughs) cried. (laughs) I mean, I was still able to get it eventually. But like, you know, if the game had known that I literally cried, I wouldn't have like booted it up and had Mr. Rossetti there yelling at me because I didn't save my game properly. That's so sad. I know. I have lots of sad gaming stories. I I just keep thinking about, like, I'm not a game developer, obviously, so I have no idea what goes into it, but how many options there are for that kind of thing, you know, adding ways to react to different players and Mm -hmm. the choices they make. Um, That would just be so much extra work, like, almost making a new game for each, like, path that you can take. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a... But it's great, though. It's... That's not to say that um, they shouldn't do it, but um, I don't know. It's just interesting. Like, that's just be hard. so much yeah. work and so many options and so many layers that you could have. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a consideration. Um, and I don't think maybe it's not possible right now, but when you think of how far games have come mm-hmm. in a very short period of yeah. time, like, right. I think it's probably attainable. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. some point. It just would be like a really big puzzle i think yeah. yeah definitely and with something like in, where with until dawn the horror game that i was talking about where there there's always going to be that like the outcomes i think are not infinite it's just what happens on the way to that outcome so yeah. like say you're this is not an example from the game but say you're fighting against uh, evil clowns is something that i remember them talking about which oh, i don't no. believe in but like okay evil clowns versus undead zombies right. those are both things that are going to kill you it's just a matter of like what the characters say and the the animate the models the character models that you're using which is still a lot more work don't get me wrong yeah. but it's not like infinite outcomes. Yeah. 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 So in something like that I think it works really well, but I think you're you're right that it depending on the game it could result in a yeah. million different games being created. Yeah, there was one little aspect in Alien Isolation 
that was like paying attention to what was going on and asked you right at the beginning if you've got to connect. Like, do you want to leave voice command on? And you don't just use it for voice command. It would actually be listening for sounds, (gasps) which could affect whether or not the alien would catch you. That is cool. Yeah, it was super cool. I didn't use it because I have dogs that will bark at <laughs> any moment. Um, and I'm like, no, I don't want my dogs to ruin my game kind of thing. But, yeah, I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, and if I didn't have dogs, I may have left it on. Although at the same time, like, that's kind of kind of freaky. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that made you feel a lot more immersion in the game because, mm-hmm. you know – not only did you need to not make sound in the game, you needed to not make sound in life. In life, yeah. So, Ooh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> in um, yeah. Ocarina of Time, wasn't there a thing where you would have an option of what to say, but if you said the wrong thing, they'd just be like, "That's not nice," and then now <laughs> say the right thing. <laughs> Maybe I don't remember. Teaching you manners. Like you could say something rude. You'd, there'd be an option for it, but then if you chose that, then they would just like take you right back to the. original like dialogue and make you until you chose the right one so that was kind of funny because you could say it but it wouldn't change anything yeah it would just be like an extra little that's the problem with a lot of games i think yeah yeah it they try to make it look like you have a choice but you don't really yeah exactly exactly yeah Yeah. mass illusion BioWare has gotten past that. I mean, they're not perfect. Like I said, I hate the little wheel that tells you exactly (laughs) you're being friendly, you're being mean. I hated that. Although I think some of the, you know, because they have to abbreviate when they they tell you the options of things that you're going to say. They abbreviate. And then what is actually said is something a lot longer. So there have been times when I have uh, misinterpreted what I was going to say and I thought I was going to say something say comforting and nice and I said something horrible like everyone dies Jenkins (laughs) it's just a fact of life yeah um, somebody I don't remember who it was kind of got into that that thing which actually made them more romantic than they wanted oh, to no, be no. with some of the characters. That thing. Spoilers <laughs> for Mass Effect 2, if I may. When I, I accidentally, or I didn't accidentally, I was just going along flirting with Garrus and flirting with Thane. Thane, who has a terminal disease, I want to break up with Thane because I really want, I wanted to romance Garrus as my end game. So, you know, I'm going to break up with this guy that I'm friends with, I, I admire, I love. I can't love a dying man, Shepard says. That's not what I wanted to say. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me just say I am so glad That's that cold. you decided to romance Garrus because back on Girl Fight, I said I was romancing Garrus and everyone was like, oh, why would you romance? He's like, great. I know. He has a nice voice and a good sense of humor. Exactly. Just because he is a lizard man doesn't mean that he cannot love. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Something we have in common. That's. Very funny. His waist is very sturdy. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Family friendly. Family friendly. We don't need to talk about sturdy (laughs) waists. It's a Turian thing. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's let's move past this. So Laura Lynn, she has a very interesting article. It's up on Gamma Sutra. I encourage you to check it out. It also has a wonderful, wonderful screenshot in it in which there is a rad scorpion with the word nope right on top of it. 
So, um, so yeah, you should definitely check that out. So we're going to segue into what we are playing. Simone, why Me. don't you start first? Skylander Superchargers. <laughs> um, speaking of responsive games, I suspect that Skylanders like Mario Kart um, may like pay attention to how good you are at racing and make the NPCs smarter based on that. <laughs> Just a suspicion I have based on coming in seventh yesterday, Um, (laughs) which is not something that happens to me. So I've been playing a lot of Skylander Superchargers. I'm very much enjoying it so far. Uh, I will have a full review up. I am still of the opinion that from a, a consumer standpoint, it is rough going with the stuff that they have gated off based on Mm. what element vehicle you have. Like the whole game is playable with land vehicles. I don't remember if I talked about this the last time, um, my my ignorant assumptions about what would happen if I just I had the know. one vehicle. You and Andy were just like, so I have no idea if you talked about Apparently, I'm going to inhale my own phlegm and choke on my throat. I assumed, because I knew that it was playable with just the land vehicle hot streak that comes in the starter pack, I assumed that the sea and sky sequences would still be playable and I'd have like a digital figure. I was ignorant and wrong about that. There are basically spots in each full level where you can play a sky sequence or a sea sequence and they are blocked off. And oh, the, no. Yeah. So the star rating for each level is based on how many elements you have completed. So I have one star for each level because I have only one vehicle. Mm. I will only get three stars when I have a vehicle in each element, and I'm going to buy them, of course, because I am trash. Um, <laughs> How I, much are they, Simone? Um, I could not. I don't actually know how much the vehicles are alone. I do know that um, there are expansion packs that have extra tracks and one vehicle, and there are different ones for each of the elements, so land, sea, and sky. And I think that those are $35, but I might be wrong. (laughs) That's the other thing that I am upset about right now is, you know, you have these different different racetracks for the racing mode, and so far I have two two tracks unlocked that came with the game there are you know four more yeah four more for sea four more for sky and then two more locked ones for land that i need to buy the expansion pack to unlock so i've been playing the same Mm. two racetracks over and over and over again and i love the tracks i think they're really creative i think that they're a lot of fun i'm definitely still enjoying them and i know the shortcuts really well now (laughs) um and actually there are still some shortcuts that i have yet to discover which is really cool um However, it does feel, you know, like a very incomplete racing game at this point. It is a very complete adventure game. I'm really enjoying the adventure mode. But, like, these, I'm coming up against these these barriers everywhere. Yeah, at least they could have given you all the land ones, I think. I know. That's the car that you have. Yeah. There are only four. Give them to me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, I don't know. That seems kind of really crappy. It's sad. Fortunately, I can still race, you know, split screen with my roommate um, with just the one vehicle. Like, we both drive hot streak, even mm. though I only have the one. So that's cool. I'm happy about that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Until you come into the office like, oh, I bought, I bought some more. Yeah, I, I can guarantee you that's what's going to happen. Because <laughs> I want them. <laughs> 
anyway, so that's what I have mostly been playing this week. Um, still trying to get through episode four of Life is Strange. Not making any progress, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know once I get to like the action part where we're dealing with kidnapping, it'll be interesting. But right now it's the, this very like self-serious kind of dialogue with my best friend who I put in a wheelchair by changing oh, no. the timeline, whatever. Oh. So, and <laughs> I it, hate uh, wheelchair stories so much. And like it's treating it in this it's like she there's this I, I won't spoil it, but it's right now like the way that they're talking is so like self serious and dramatic and it's like I I don't know. Uh, it it just feels kind of very it, it's it's rubbing me the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds a little bit like that movie The Butterfly Effect. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, movie, yeah. Which harsh. Yeah. It was I thought so it was harsh. okay up until the end and then the end was so It's unbelievable and the whole movie laughable. is just disturbing though. <laughs> yes, I mean it it's, is. A lot of it is it's disturbing. It's like Ashton Kutcher and he like has this thing where he can go back in time and like change past events mm-hmm. and then he wakes up and in, in the future and everything's different and he yeah. just keeps making it worse and worse <laughs> yes. and worse and like yeah God, that's d- distressing like really really bad <laughs> yes. things happen yeah and the ending is just uh, I, we were actually my husband and I were laughing I don't remember the, the ending, ending because it was so just unbelievably terrible not in like the fact that it was so tragic or anything, it was just so implausible and <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to say because I don't want to spoil it, but. Pretty sure um, that movie came out in like 2007. Yeah. So. And I think, I don't know, I think maybe we were watching the director's cut which had, which had their ending in it. Mm-hmm. And like I think maybe the commercial ending was a lot better because we got to see that ending on the on the DVD. I'm like, oh my God, that's so much better. Like these directors just <laughs> – Sometimes directors don't know what they're doing. Like honestly, like they, they need restraint. It's yeah, exactly. Steven Spielberg. Uh, yes. No, it's sorry, George Lucas. Uh, yes, effect. exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Off on a little tangent there. How about you, Linda? Well, I wrote a post about stress relief games, mm. so I tried out a bunch of games this week that were actually kind of fun. Um, there's one called Flowy. I tried that one. Did you try it? But it kind of stressed me out. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> yeah, because I kept crashing the ship and like. I'd be like, no, but I did it the right way, but I would still crash. And I think my finger oh, no. just, I don't know, <laughs> oh, no. but I, that, I, that was a problem. It's stressful because, yeah, crashing a ship is like, yeah, <laughs> that's well, not good. The thing is, when you're learning a new game, it is stressful. Even these games that are supposed to relax you. But it was nice. Yeah. I did find that, like, they, they do this thing where they try to, like, make you breathe in a certain pattern with, mm. like, certain timing. Mm. And I actually did find that made me do that like it was really easy to like taking deep breaths sort of almost involuntarily right. like sync your, your breathing with um the little know, cloud the in the game huh. yeah okay. yeah That's cool. that was really kind of cool yeah. yeah um i also played one called kaleidoscope drawing pad and i um if you look on the app stores for uh google play or or the ios app store you'll see a lot of these kaleidoscope games mm. and i'd never tried one before but they're really cool and you just make little gestures on your screen and it draws these beautiful kaleidoscopes cool you know, there's just a um, huge variety of them so that's relaxing and then um there's another one called zen koi where you breed um beautiful cartoon 
Oh. Koi oh, fish. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that does sound cool, actually. Yeah, I that kind was of really always fun. want to have a little pond in my yard where I could have koi. Well, send koi. <laughs> and, then, and then all of these games pretty much have um, that soundtrack that has, you know, the pretty music that's <laughs> yes. playing. That's chirping like, birds. Yes. Chirping birds or, you know, the kind of thing you would hear if you were getting a massage, massage or yeah. something like Aww. that. So that's actually kind of nice. And it's um, it's nice to take a little break with those games once in a while, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then the opposite end of the spectrum was Ori in the Blind Forest, <laughs> where I killed myself, I don't know, <laughs> 60, 70 times. Yeah. And then, oh, my gosh. And then rage quit. So that was that game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, like, like the game, I'm disappointed in that game. Not because the gameplay is necessarily bad. It's just that, you know, they were, this game was marketed as, like, this, like, great little adventure with mm-hmm. these great graphics and this great little um, And that's all true. It's it. great. Yeah, it yeah. is. But then you get to playing it and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played a game like this since I was, like... 10 trying to play the first metroid and not getting anywhere past the first metroid so oh my um gosh. yeah it was uh it was very disappointing yeah, yeah. need a story yeah. mode <laughs> yeah which is funny i haven't played it yet but the witcher 3 apparently it's easy mode is called just give me the story nice <laughs> yeah. that's what i want <laughs> yes exactly um so lisa yeah how about you how yeah. you tried the flowy game I did try that, and that was about it. Um, <laughs> I've pretty much been watching the British show Peep Show. Okay, I've, I'm on the fourth ho, ho, ho. series already. It's not a dirty show. <laughs> I don't know if anyone that. has heard of it. No, but it's amazing, and I've watched like four seasons of it in the past three days. What's and it's nice it's about? like the third time I've watched it. Um, it's about these two men that like live together, and they're friends, and one of them's like a really straight laced businessman and um, the other one's kind of like a loser like jobless <laughs> idiot and they're both like really horrible in a lot of ways and um, it kind of has it has this gimmick where um, the it's all filmed like from someone's perspective so it mm. switches from person to person but you see the view oh, from their yeah. eyes and you like hear all their thoughts and it's just really 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 Interesting. funny. And That's cool. Yeah, I can't I try stop. that out. So I haven't been playing any games. I've just been watching <laughs> Peep Show. Yeah, that sounds like it's like kind of like first person TV. Yeah, <laughs> basically, Which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, FPW first person watching. And it's just <laughs> it's really well written and just really hilarious. Cool. So is this on Netflix or Amazon? It is or? on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I've actually been playing a number of things which is very rare for me when I'm having a three-year-old child who still wants to play Casual Crashers, which is pretty awesome. However, there are certain bosses that she doesn't want to see. So we were getting close to one, and she's like, I want to lose. I'm like, why do you want to lose? She's like, I don't want to see the blah, blah. Mm. I don't remember what it was. And so my husband um, loaded his save from the 360 where he has unlocked everything. And so we were just playing on that and just letting her, like, run around wherever (laughs) she wants. And she kind of remembers. She's like, no, the scary thing is here. I don't want to go here. And then it's it's pretty cool. That's pretty – she's she's smart. (laughs) She remembers all the the monsters. Yeah, so we've been playing that. And then I've also been playing Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer – which is nice. super cute. Um, 
It's funny. I loaded up the game and, the you know, I start talking to the animals and you get that little and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I miss this. Um, so basically with this, uh, Tom Nook, you know, who always owns everything in Animal Crossing, uh, we have theories about um, – the reason that he owns everything, organized crime or whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> So in this one, you've got your little town that's not very developed, which is true in any Animal Crossing. But this time, Tom Nook owns Nook Homes, in which you get hired as an interior decorator. And you have your little animals that they say, oh, I want this type of house or I want that type of house. And you go and you like put things together for them. And um, then there are also, like, town, like, buildings that you get to do, too, like a school and a hospital and a restaurant. And I actually had more fun doing those than Mm -hmm. the houses. Um, I actually had the most fun doing the office, which I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) But that was the one I had the most fun for. And um, it's cute. The the only thing that kind of annoyed me is that there are no repercussions for, Mm -hmm. like, building a house that is completely the opposite of what the person or the animal asked for. And Mm. I thought that that was kind of weird. And then also there's this handbook that kind of like gives you um, new ways to do things. Mm -hmm. And you're using, I don't remember what the point things are called. I think they're street pass points or coins or whatever. Um, And luckily work 3DS had like 200 of them so that I could go through But, like, one of the last lessons on that that you can get is the ability to have more than one room in the house. So I played through almost the entire game, did all of the town things until I got to the point where I could do two room houses. Hmm. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. why didn't you give this to me earlier in the game? Like, because, like, it drives me nuts. Like, you know, I got to do a bedroom with a kitchen and a TV and all this kind of stuff. kind of anal that way but like give me two rooms i can do the bedroom in one room and then like the living room in the other room it just yeah makes more sense to me that way so um but it was cute and i enjoyed it uh review will be going up on pixelkin tomorrow i think if i can write it tonight and occupy anna with ipad um And uh, But what I think would really be great is if they come out with another Animal Crossing, traditional, your regular Animal Crossing, and combine this gameplay together with yeah. it, it would be so cool. Mm. Did, so awesome. Do you guys know the pun behind Tom Nook's name? Why he's named that? No. I have heard it before, <laughs> and I totally forget it. It's really fun. Um, so there's this animal that's like a raccoon dog, and they live in Japan. They're native to Japan, and they're called – I believe they're called – Tanukis? Yes. Tanuki? Okay, oh. I do remember that now. So Tom Nook, Tanuki? Yes. He's oh a gosh. raccoon dog? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They um they were the subject of a Miyazaki movie called Pompoko. Mm. If anyone's seen that. I have not Very seen that. The oh raccoon God. dogs, they're supposed to be magical. That is so wow. cool. In the movie, they're like magic. It's pretty funny. Puns. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So then beside that, Alpha Bear. I unlocked some new bears. I got Preppy Bear. Cute. In the people one, um, I was trying to get Burger Bear because you can see Burger Bear Burger <laughs> in the house thing. He's like jumping up and down on the challenge event thing. I'm like, oh, I want Burger Bear. But I didn't <laughs> get him. Um, and I still haven't unlocked anyone else in the the, the uh, fairy tale thing. And I cannot get a gold egg on those fairy tale things for the life of me. They are so yeah. difficult. Like small boards. And something they introduced in the later board, I forget if it was the house um, level or the fairy tale level. They have like... Frozen letters 
like scattered throughout the oh, board. No. And they they count down like the regular letters do. And so you can't use them unless you get to them in time. You have to have a letter next to them in order to melt them. And if you don't get to them in time, they just automatically turn to stone. Uh-huh. And it's nuts. <laughs> and in addition to that, you've got the little skull and crossbone things where if you unlock that, it's an automatic red. And it's it's really hard. And you have a small board and it's like the score is like 250,000. Like, Are you crazy? <laughs> There's no way I'm going to do this. I have gotten blue eggs. Sometimes I don't even get a blue one. That's um, brutal. It is brutal. But one thing I I don't like is that the bears have stopped giving you coins. No. Yes. What? You get a daily egg that you tap on that gives you what? a random amount of coins, and then the bears don't give you coins anymore. Yeah, so you're not motivated to do it again to do it more than once if you've got the gold egg, right? Because you don't. Yeah. Well, you, you can get, get you can get different bears, um, but like I like to, mm. you know, you yeah. kind of you use the coins to do the big old the treasure events where you yeah. can get the legendary bears. Um, so yeah. yeah, and you could like theoretically play and play and play until you get enough coins. But before, not yes, now. yeah, no, you can't. Um, which is kind of disappointing. Sad. Although you do get a coin bonus if you have purchased the infinite honey. Mm. So, well, but the other thing too is I've sort of fallen into the uh, using coins to wake up the bears Nicole. before their naps are over. The naps are better, but it's we like we're gonna the, stop that. I know, but the naps are better. But at the same time, like. Like, I really, like, I, I just get trapped in this. I'm like, I think if I have these three bears, I can really make it happen. Um, because I've had one bear that I keep getting, and it gets better and better and better. And I'm like, okay, if I could put this one with this one. And this other one is napping, so I need to wake it up. And, yes. Your I'm life gonna, is suffering. I know. It's one is. long cycle of pain. It is. And Anna, <laughs> Anna has been watching me play that. And uh, she's like, why aren't you tapping that letter? Tap that letter. And she sticks her hand in. I'm like, Don't no, tap that letter. Um, <laughs> so anyhow. And then, of course, Hearthstone, of which I have a very funny story this week. So um, it's the end of the season. Uh, this is where you end your rank and you get your prize based on your rank. And so my husband got to a really high rank. It was like 13, 13 or 14 or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't remember exactly what it is. So last night after I got home from my fabulous mom's night out at – Beardsley Public House, he comes up to me with his iPhone and he's like, mm, look, look what rank I got. And I'm like, you know, okay, whatever. And I was about to like just go to bed and he's like, what are you doing? Like load up that game. <laughs> and I, he's like, I'm going to show you what like a real deck looks like. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I played against him using my gold mage. Um, which I don't – I haven't been doing because my goal is, like, do each class and get it to gold and all that kind of stuff, get it completely leveled mm-hmm. up. So that's why my rank is always bad is because I'm using, like, an unleveled yeah, character. Yeah. And so I pulled out my gold mage because that is my best one in my opinion, and I beat him. Boom, boom, boom. Yes. Three times. Yes. Three yes. times right in a row. <laughs> I'm like, you take that rank. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Yes. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I very much enjoyed Congratulations. That. Yes, thank you. And that's what I told him. I'm like, if I was using this character, I would have a much higher rank. Yeah. It's just that I don't care about the rank. Like, mm-hmm. my goal is get everybody to gold. So You're they all look pretty. And, yeah. yeah. So anyhow, so that's my Hearthstone story. I can story. relate to that. Yeah. Um, so on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. Thanks Question? so much. Question? Question? Oh, my gosh. Yes. 
Thank you for reminding me. We finally got a question. Um, It came to us from Andrew Cameron. And he says he was a huge fan of Girl Fright back in the day. Woo! Yay! Um, And he wants Jessica Chobot to get on here for a reunion. And I've been trying to get her. She's a mom now, so. (laughs) Which means she's busy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, So his question is about Super Smash Brothers. And there is currently a poll going on to vote on characters that you want to appear in the game. It's closing very soon. It's actually closing on October 2nd or 3rd. So it's almost done. So he says he would like to see more positive female representatives for his nieces, not just a pink princess whose skill is getting kidnapped. Here, here. <laughs> and he says, as much as I adore Bayonetta, no way I'm showing that to my four and seven year old <laughs> Riverstones. He says he likes the women racers in F Zero GX because they're equals to the male racers and are dressed appropriately. And so he wants to know what female characters we would like to see in Super Smash Brothers, not necessarily listed on the uh, the actual poll, oh, the actual and they have to be Nintendo characters. Yes. If we're well, sticking if with the rules of this in, universe. In Super Smash Brothers, not necessarily Nintendo characters, but characters that have appeared in Nintendo games, right, such as all right, Bayonetta. All right. So I'll go first. I honestly don't know a lot about the Nintendo girls beyond Peach. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's about it. Um, and, and Zelda, obviously. Uh, but I'm going to go with Midna. Midna is pretty cool. She mm-hmm. is... The kind of wolf ruler gal from Twilight Princess, which I didn't play very much of Twilight Princess, but like I interacted with her and I'm like, well, she's really cool. Yeah. So I'm going to go with her. She's she's cute, kind of little little person who is completely non-sexualized, except apparently in Hyrule Warriors at the end. Um, <laughs> we so, don't talk about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Minna is going to be my choice. What All about right. everybody else? I, I guess... It'd be cool to see uh, some of the Animal Crossing characters. I think I, there are. I think are. that. Oh, no. I think there are. They have, like, Isabel and... I don't know. I don't know if it's the specific animals, but there's definitely mm. Animal okay. Crossing villagers. There's a villager. There. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. A villager. Oh, but... Oh, yeah. Okay. They have villager, but they don't have, like, Isabel or the hedgehog I, those are lady the, or... Yeah. Those are the, like, the clothing... Yeah. The clothing yeah. people. I mean, they don't, they don't in, fight, but... Who are not in Happy Home Designer, by oh, the no. way. Which is kind of weird. Now that you bring them up, I'm like, hey, wait, they yeah. weren't in there. That's, that's weird. Kinda, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, aren't they going to be in – there's something that they're going to be in that's coming out. Uh, I think it's the other Animal Crossing game that's uh, – I've forgotten the name of because I am a fake. <laughs> <laughs> a fake. I don't know. I think they might be in some type of crossover game. Anyways, yeah. Courtney's well, not here, so yeah. we don't know. Somebody else talk while I try to think of other Nintendo games. Yeah. Um, I did talk to Courtney about – who this should be? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Your cross check. Yes, I I agree with her. Impa, um, mm-hmm. she's in the Legend of Zelda series and is a strong character and um, uh, kind of a little bit. It's in some of her incarnations, you can't really tell if she's male or female, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of cool. So, um, yeah. A sage. Another Zelda option would be, they haven't done this, I don't think, but one of the Gerudo women. Yeah, definitely. You know, that where, like, Ganondorf comes from this, like, um, culture Mm -hmm. of, uh, like, all women society. Yeah. That would be awesome. That he's, like, the the one male in a hundred years that they have, so, like, why not another... (laughs) And he turned out not great, so... One of... (laughs) (laughs) 
if we're gonna go with you know if if amiibo can be in Skylanders, I'm gonna say that they should have like Stealth Elf in Super Smash Brothers or like Tessa or Callie. So cool. I think they're awesome. Characters. That might actually happen. Yeah. The crossover. Yeah. Tessa could summon her like flying chocobo creature and kick butt with it. That'd be great. Cool. Has has Birdo been in the Super Smash Brothers games yet? Birdo. I, I have so. no idea. Probably. I think so. Though. I don't know if she counts. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of She Mario has a bow. Yeah. <laughs> She's like female Yoshi kind yes, of. Yes, right? yeah, I know. Yeah. She, yeah. She's got she a different kind of snout. Though, she has right? like yeah. a, a tube, tube for a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. That's so and weird. she's pink. She's like a pink dinosaur, but she has a tube for her mouth and a bow. As many yes. of us do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yes. Uh, Andrew, sorry. We don't know much about Nintendo games. It's, a, it's unfortunate that Courtney isn't here. Um, well, so, but though those are answers. I think there, there aren't a lot of good. There yeah, aren't a lot. Impa, yeah. There aren't a lot of good characters in Nintendo games. Unfortunately. Characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We wish there were more. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So with that note, I think we're going to wrap things up once again. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and review us. That helps us out too. You can also find us on Blog Talk Radio. You can find us on Facebook, Pixelkin. You can find us on Twitter at Pixelkin underscore org and at Gaming with Moms. And you can also find us on YouTube where we suggest that you go to YouTube and search for Pixelkin. I think it might actually be Pixelkin org. I think I I think I looked at it the other day. There's anyway. And I think it's shorter. I think it's just like YouTube slash users slash Pixelkin is it? org. Okay. I think well, whatever. I think it's, it's easier to that, just search it. It's not that crazy as you think. Um and also just want to mention that we have just launched a brand new sister site called Remeshed, which is all about women in gaming. And yep. it's super cool. And you should check it out. Uh, everybody on staff here at Pixelkin is going to be or is contributing in some way um, to the site. And it's it's super cool. We hope that we get a big audience for that. So I think with that, I've said everything. <laughs> and uh, let's wrap things up. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll be back with you next week. Bye. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington.